Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Coming up on today's show, how do Canadians feel about pressing issues in our country? It's interesting. David Aiken got his hands on internal federal government polling. He'll walk us through it. Also... Planning to travel during Omicron? A lot of you are. We'll get some expert advice. And having a little trouble sticking to your New Year's resolution? Now's about the time where it gets tough. It could be all about time management. First, though, I want to have a discussion with David Aiken, who is um, Global's chief political correspondent, who's done some interesting work here. Um, Global gets access to federal internal po- uh, federal government's internal polling and it's pretty fascinating and uh, david joins us now to break it down uh david first of all thanks for joining us appreciate your time today yeah no problem jay good to be here so you've been tracking for the course of a well let's call it a year um just sort of what is the big issue what does the canadian population think the federal government should be focused on it's really interesting to watch how COVID has sort of moved up and down and up and down as we've gone through yeah. the year yeah, you're right. So, so this polling that you talk about, you're right. It's internal government polling. It's polling done at taxpayer expense by the Privy Council Office, the PCO. And that's the government department that supports the work of the PMO, the Prime Minister's Office. So these are the bureaucrats that support the work of the politicians, the actual Prime Minister and his staff. Yeah. And they've had a weekly polling program in place since Trudeau took office in 2015. And every week, uh, they interview a thousand Canadians right across the country, Albertans and everybody. And the first question they ask is, what is the one issue that ought to receive the most attention from the federal government? So they ask that question every week, and they want because they want to know. Well, what's what are on people's minds? And yeah. so, what I did was, uh, you know, we get this stuff through an access to information request, and I took a look back in March. I said, well, where was the country? Where were Albertans back in March? And you know, lo and behold, it's probably not surprising. The answer to that question, and it's an open-ended question, it's not multiple choice, it's just whatever comes in your head. And, you know, everywhere in the country, COVID, COVID yeah. and the coronavirus was the top of mind issue. But then the, the most recent data we have is from the middle of November. We'll get the, the stuff from December in, in a, you know, a couple of weeks. In November, COVID was fighting with a lot of other issues for the top of mind among Canadians. In fact, as it turned out, by the middle of November, the environment, if you took a look at all respondents right across the country, the environment had eclipsed COVID as what is the thing the federal government should pay the most attention to. And, you know, I think that's interesting. And then as I started to talk to people in premier's offices and in the federal government, political strategists, here's what they told me about how we're thinking about COVID now. COVID, by the way, that's November. COVID had dropped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that COVID is still now because of Omicron. It's back as the number one Understand issue. Understand but it's a very different uh, idea. Back in the spring, uh, because the, this this PCO polling also asks, are you worried about this saying? Are you worried you're going to get it? Are you worried about the health effects? And back in the spring, everybody, Albertans included, yes, I'm worried that they would say that 
about the health effects. I'm worried this thing could kill me, could kill my family, or mm-hmm. seriously uh, ca- hurt the, the health. And so they were looking to governments to protect their health. And by and large, governments got reasonably good marks, uh, you know, in, in uh, for moving out vaccines or doing whatever it was. That's last spring. It's different now. COVID is still top of mind, but people aren't thinking about their health. In fact, there is a significant loss or a significant reduction in the amount of fear and anxiety out there. And Alberta would be leading the way in this score in terms of I'm worried about what it's going to do to my health. Now it's COVID's top of mind because I'm worried about my small business. I'm worried about my kids going to school. So it's a very different feeling. And that means governments have to respond to COVID in a very different way. And we are seeing across the country, different provinces are taking very different approaches on schooling, on how businesses are being uh, dealt with. And I'm here in Ontario, of course, where the conservative Ontario government is, you know, there's an internal war within conservatives in Ontario uh, over the the, num- the amount of uh, sort of lockdown measures, schools being closed. We've been watching some of the turmoil within the UCP in Alberta mm-hmm. uh, about some of the measures uh, Premier Kenny's taking. And that's because the voters are still saying, you know, COVID's still a big issue with me. You need to do something about a government, but it's not so much protecting my health anymore. Now it's about Oh my God, I need to get back to normal somehow. My business needs to function. And that has, has, has really made it tricky for a lot of, uh, political leaders. And even as we're seeing, you know, things going, I mean, like you said, we don't have the most up to date data, but we had some indications that Omicron was starting to cause problems and people are more concerned, mm-hmm. but they're not personally concerned that that hasn't come back. It's still concerned about COVID, but not personally. Not in the not in the same way wow. as as the spring. And again, that's a, you know, I've I've been talking to our own pollsters, other pollsters yep. who are also in the field, uh, talking about that. And then what's interesting too uh, that I found in terms of issues, I mentioned COVID. Like COVID was the absolute dominant issue in the spring. I mean, nobody wanted to talk. Nobody wanted their politicians talking about anything else. But here's the thing now, as I mentioned, COVID sort of, it's, it's a top issue, but it's part of a core group of issues, uh, now that's sort of a, a top priority. And they would be, again, Canadians are asked, what's your number one thing the feds should talk about? Environment, as I said, is, is, is in that top tier. COVID, the economy and health. Those are the four sort of senior issues. But then there's sort of some other issues that were completely absent in, in voters' minds in the spring. They're now bubbling up. I'll call those the tier two issues, jobs, debt and deficit, affordable housing. And here's one cost of living. That's inflation. Yeah. And you've probably heard the federal conservatives have just been hammering away. A lot of people actually hammering away at the Fed saying inflation, the cost of groceries is getting out of control. That now is a big issue for the federal government. That's what's on the mind of Canadians. And that was nowhere. Uh, that wasn't even on close to the radar again back in the spring. So that's another reason that these tracking polls are interesting because they show they show issues emerging that political reporters but also politicians need to pay attention to and i think we all knew that people have been moaning and whining about the cost of you know everything going up uh and inflation there it is in the data pretty interesting how you can sort of track well why is the government doing what they're doing well these polls might be a little bit instructive as to why they're doing what they're doing yeah, and actually, and Shay, I, I have it in front of me on my screen. I, I'll give you the Alberta ones. I, okay. I just ran through the top four issues for the country. 
But when Al- this again, this is mid-November. So when Albertans were asked, what's the number one thing the federal government ought to do? The in, in this is uh, again November fourteenth. Sixteen percent said COVID was the number one issue. So it it would head sort of eke back up there. But eighteen percent of Albertans were saying the economy. Please, I'm most worried hmm. about the economy. Then and this is Albertans, believe it or not. Eleven percent. This is the third spot. Was the environment, and then debt and deficit. Uh, sorry, health was at seven percent, and and then. Uh, uh, health was at, or sorry, debt and deficit at 5.7%. So, so economy number one for Albertans, followed by COVID, followed by the environment, then worries about debt and deficits, worries about health. And interestingly enough, again, remember this is a uh, open-ended question. It's no multiple choice. Yeah. Albertans, Albertans will often respond, oil, pipelines. And that, in fact, was the number six topic. No, really doesn't show up. Shows up in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan people are also like Albertans. You yeah. know, they got yeah. some concerns about oil and pipelines, but really doesn't show up anywhere else. In fact, uh, I'll give you, uh, you can guess the number of Quebecers who said that unprompted. Zero. <laughs> you know what surprises so me about Quebec is COVID really, it, it fell off a cliff there, hey? I mean, it's like number four on their list. Well, this is so. So Quebec, among the big provinces, is probably where COVID is having the biggest impact on hospitals. Hospitalization rates in Alberta, knock on wood, are still yep. not bad. They're certainly nowhere near the peaks of the third wave, uh, but not in Quebec. Their their ICUs are filling up, and their vac their their booster rate. Uh, Alberta is doing very well in terms of the percentage of population that has boosters. The leading, uh, the leading, uh, province is Ontario and Saskatchewan's right there. But Alberta is doing very well too. Quebec doing terribly in terms yeah. of booster rates. In fact, we've got the army in Quebec handing out boosters. And yet in these polls, if you asked Quebecers, uh, back in, again, this is mid-November, hey, do you think the spread of the virus is under control? 70% of Quebecers said, Yes, and that led the country. That was like bigger than anybody. Overall in the country, it was just, you know, something around, you know, 40%. Uh, but, but Quebecers, oh yes, the, the, it's, this is under control. Like, I, I don't, I don't get that, but you can, <laughs> you can sort of see why if a provincial politician then in Quebec, Premier yeah, Legault, for sure, may have made or not made decisions as Omicron showed up because he was, he might have been looking at polling and say, well, you know what? People here think we're, we're doing fine. Exactly. And in fact, this polling shows Quebecers more than anybody else thought they were doing fine. I mentioned, I, I said 70% of Quebecers said, yes, it's under control. At, at Albertans being asked, only 55% of Albertans said, yes, we've got it under control. That's as of mid-November. Answer might be a bit different now, but yeah. just to give you a relative sense of Albertans had a very different view about the, the virus being under control than Quebecers or people in Atlantic Canada or British Columbians. Very interesting stuff, as always, David. Thank you so much for your time. Fascinating. We're going to be chatting with Randy Sherman, who is the host and producer of the Informed Traveler radio show and podcast, which you can hear Sundays on 770 CHQR and 630 Ched uh, here in Edmonton. Um, Randy, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. 
Paul, thank you. You want to go on a vacation? Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> Someplace warm, maybe? <laughs> no kidding, right? It was supposed to actually warm up next week, but still not enough. Not enough. I, but, Randy, I am, enough. I, I am absolutely stunned by the number of people that I know that have either just got back from traveling, are away right now, or have trips planned in the very near future. It seems like, regardless of all the things that are going on, people are still traveling right now. Oh, yeah, they got the travel itch, that's for sure. And I know a lot of people, too, that have traveled. And, uh, you know, I guess it's up to everyone's decision, whether you, uh, you, you know, you sort of have to need, you have to assess your own risk, right? Yeah. And if you think you can handle it, you know, go at it. Uh, but there's a lot of things you, you should do before you, <laughs> sure. you decide to do this, right? Um, I think one of the, the big keys is, you know, get a travel agent on your side. They're, like the, a knowledgeable travel agent can really help you a lot. I mean, they're right there. They can answer all your questions. And everybody has different types of uh, situations when it comes to travel, whether you're traveling by yourself or mm-hmm. with your spouse or with a group or the family, right? So they can really help you out because you got to know what the requirements are for the destination you're going to, right? Whether you need a PCR test, whether you have to go online and fill out a form, uh, and all the documentation, and uh, most likely likely you're going to need to be fully vaccinated. I don't want to get into the argument about that, nope. but that's the way it is. That's just the way that it is. You're absolutely right. Now, in terms of things that we know, uh, we know you have to be vaccinated to get on an airplane in this country. Okay, good enough. That's been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. We've had different requirements in terms of testing for getting into you know, the U.S. or wherever you're headed. Have those changed in the face of Omicron over the last two weeks or the last month? Have, have, has anything changed? Or are we seeing new restrictions? <laughs> changes daily like you really have to be uh caught up with all this stuff and that that goes back to my first point up you know a knowledgeable travel agent they're keeping up to date on all of this stuff it is almost impossible for the average person to keep up with this right so um that's you know if once you've decided on your destination you've probably narrowed it down and if anything change has changed um you know a travel agent can help you you can go on their the uh, country's uh, website their their tourism website and they're pretty good at keeping things you know up to date of what you need uh what kind of documentation that kind of stuff uh we just got a text saying well why are you surprised though it, it isn't like you didn't travel and that covid wasn't a thing or omicron wasn't starting vaccinations never prevented you from getting covid only from severe outcomes just like it is right now so if somebody can travel why shouldn't they I agree. It's not necessarily COVID, but it's so many other things, Randy. For example, mm-hmm. we we're seeing hundreds and thousands of flights canceled every day, right? That's still happening. That's, yeah, that's one of the risks you're going to take. The other risk uh, you're going to have to ask yourself of this question, are you prepared to quarantine for 14 days, 10 days, 5 yep. days, whatever the requirement is at your destination if you test positive before coming home? Because remember, you've got to have a PCR test to come back home. Um, and, you know, it, it's one thing if you're traveling by yourself. I know you were in Boston. I was in Las Vegas in the fall. And when you take that PCR test, I don't know about you, but there is this black cloud hanging over my oh, head sure. all day waiting for that result because it's that what if playing in your head uh, until you get that negative result, right? Uh, and it's it's one thing if you're traveling by yourself, maybe your spouse, and you got lots of time. Uh, it's not so much the, the cost, because now you can get travel insurance to cover your costs. If you do pass, test positive, previously you couldn't, now you can get it. Uh, it's the time. 
Mm. And if you've got lots of time, <laughs> go ahead. But if you don't, that's the risk you run. And we should say that's universal now. It d- doesn't matter where you're coming from or whatever the case may be or how long you've been gone. Canada has now gone back to you need the PCR test to get back across the border, right? That's right. Exactly. Okay. Now, that's not to say, you know, you won't even get on the plane, right? Because <laughs> exactly. they're not even going to let on the plane, right? Um, now you can, I know, I don't want to get into some of the sidesteps that people have tried, but, uh, you know, again, it's your own risk that you're doing, right? Um, in terms of, would you take a trip right now? I mean, with the way things are in, in terms of flights being canceled and, and just be, just because of what this variant is doing in terms of staffing levels, to me, that's the bigger concern than COVID right now. I mean, I think like that listener said, well, the COVID was around before and yeah, I'm vaccinated and I'm not worried about it. So I, I was willing to travel. But right now, the other complicating factors seem to be more pressing than the actual virus, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, would I travel? By myself, I probably would, but I have uh, two younger children, and that really complicates it. Now, going back to my point of, are you prepared to quarantine? Yeah. Supposing you're traveling with a family of four, right? You've got two younger kids or whatever, and one of them tests positive. Well, you can't leave them behind. So now you're you're stuck there. And now what if three days later uh, your spouse or yourself tests positive? Now you've got another 10, 14 days. And then what if the other child a week later? So, I mean, it just compounds the whole complexity. If it's you and a spouse and you're willing to take the risk, that's fine. Yeah, go have at her. I'm not telling anyone to do whatever. You just got to assess your own risk. Uh, a lot of people text me right now. I don't know if you have any insight here. A lot of people saying, so what happens if I've got a flight booked and all of a sudden the flight gets canceled or they're consolidating, as we know WestJet has announced they're doing, and suddenly I can't go and I've lost my fare? What are airlines doing? Do you have any answers around that? What can people do? I know that some people have said uh, the wait to get through on the phone to WestJet right now can be days. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I, I've even talked. To, I've even talked to travel agents that have been waiting for ten, twelve hours, and they have a dedicated line. So um, that's one thing you can do: get a travel agent. They can wait on the phone for you. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> the other thing is there is are uh, there air passenger rights. It's kind of a you know a flimsy sort of protection on rights, but you you are entitled to rights. And um, you know if you go on the uh, Transport Canada website, it kind of spells it out. It is a little confusing because there's situations within the airline's control and situations out of their control, which you know would be like something weather related or yeah. a safety issue or something like that. Uh, this, in my mind, is within their control. So you're entitled to a full refund, uh, compensation, four hundred dollars or depending on when that that cancellation happens they're supposed to notify you i've heard stories where they've notified the travel agent but they haven't notified the actual passenger and, and so that's you know they they got to notify you saying hey your flight's been canceled da, 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 and then uh, document everything because chances are you're going to be talking with uh, a flight agent that may not know the rules, and then you're going to be talking to somebody else, and you've been talking to somebody else. So document everything. Uh, worst case scenario, they've, you know, if you continue, if you want to continue to to go on your destination, they've got to find you another flight, um, or give you a full refund. Uh, see what they're what they're offering you, and then go on and find out uh, with the air passenger uh, rights whether that covers you. If not, you can take them to small claims court, but make sure you document all of that stuff. So bottom line, I guess, Randy, is you can travel if you want, you can you can run the risk, but no, you are running a risk and the potential for massive headaches 
exists almost around every corner, right? Exactly. And we know that uh, sometimes dealing with those headaches when it comes to travel can be real tough. Randy, thanks so much for the insight. Appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for joining us. That's Randy Sharman, who is the host and producer of the Informed Traveler radio show and podcast, which you can hear this weekend on um, 770CHQR and 630CHED. We're going to chat now with uh, Brad Eon, who's an assistant professor, time management researcher at the University of Quebec in Montreal. Uh, Brad, thank you for your time. appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me on. So, yeah, we're a week in now, and I think this is the point where it starts to be less fun and more work, right? I mean, life is starting to pick up again around us. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, this is a time of year where, you know, people, you know, have enjoyed the holidays. Uh, maybe not so much this year because of the pandemic. Yeah. But this is a time of year where, you know, people see this new year or any new uh, time frame, really, like a new semester, a new week as an opportunity to make uh, new resolutions. Uh, but very often what happens is that uh, we tend to overdo it. And, you know, once people have these grandiose plans and it happens when you're coming out of the holidays and stuff, New Year's Day, okay, but life starts to pick up again as January goes along. And basically, being a time management researcher, your time management, it becomes the issue, right? Absolutely. So the way we think about time is very different from the way we think about other resources, like money, for instance. Money is very tangible. It's very uh, concrete. It's very quantifiable. You know, a dollar, we all know the value of one dollar, uh, but what's the value of one hour? Um, because time is so, uh, I guess, abstract, we have a hard time making accurate decisions when it comes to, <laughs> to managing this resource. And so, because it's so abstract, we don't have a clear idea of how, how much time we actually have. There's this uh, uh, psychological phenomenon called the yes-damn effect, where um, people tend to say yes to all kinds of requests. You know, like, can you sit on this committee? Can you help me with my yep. move next next week? Um, and we tend to say yes because we think that um, anything that happens in the future, uh, we'll be able to do it because we wrongly believe that we'll have a lot of free time in the future. But obviously, that never happens. Now, hang on. Uh, with, with that one, for me, I find personally, if you ask me to do something today... There's a good chance I'll say no. If you ask me next week, it's maybe 50-50. If you ask me to do something in six months, it's always, oh, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. In six months, I mean, does everybody fall into that trap? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. This is a psychological phenomenon that happens to the best of us. Um, and it, 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 the, the problem is that, again, we don't. But if you ask people how much money or how much spare money do you think you're going to have in six months, they tend to have a very accurate um, estimate. Right. The same does not hold for time. And that's why around New Year's, people say that, you know, in six months, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. In six months, I'm going to be able to read, I don't know, 52 books. But obviously, that doesn't take into account the fact that your free time is not going to change that much. What do we do? How, how, how can we, now that we recognize it, and we, I think we all know we do that. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, I've known for a long time I always do that. Is there a way of addressing that and, and not falling into that trap over and over again? Absolutely. So in the English language, we tend to say things like uh, it's been a long meeting or, uh, you know, it, it lasted for a very short while. And these adjectives are very spatial. You know, we think of we, t we tend to think of time as space, which means that if our most intuitive way of thinking of time is to use spatial words, 
That means that our easiest and most intuitive way to manage our time is to visualize it. And that's why I recommend that people use as much as possible a schedule, at least for their work hours, uh, because the problem with to-do lists is that they're just that. It's, It's a list of items, and they don't give you an accurate idea of how much time you actually have. So if you have a schedule that's going to give you a better idea, more realistic idea of how many time commitments you can take on for this new year. Now, when you're putting together this schedule, I mean, how far down the road do you want to go with this? Is it like for the day? Is it for a week? Is it for a month? I mean, how, how far, how structured does it need to be when you're talking about structure? It really comes down to individual preferences. Okay. Uh, but usually a weekly schedule is best uh, because our our lives tend to be fairly predictable on a week-by-week yep. basis, uh, but beyond that, it's, uh, it's, it's very hard to predict. But if you can have at least a little bit of predictability, a little bit of structure every week, you can have a more or less accurate understanding of how much time you actually have and what you can and cannot do in the future. So now that we're a week into the new year and you've got your resolution and it's starting to come off the rails, is it too late to correct? I mean, or can you start, you have to build in time, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's never too late to make time for time management. That's what I tell people uh, all the time. You know, I've, I've, I've trained people that, are, that were 50-plus. Uh, time management is not something that you either have or don't. It's something that we all can learn, and it's, it's never too late. So if you can make some time, this is very important, and this is going to sound very meta, make some time to learn time management because that's the only way you're going to learn how to make time for things that truly matter to you. How do you learn time management? Like, is, there, is, there, is there a website? Is there a course? How do you learn time management? Is there a book? Well, I'm not going to plug my own stuff here, but <laughs> there's literally tons of time management books out there. Okay. I highly recommend David Allen's uh, Getting thing, Getting Things Done Method. I've heard of that book, yeah. Standard. It's really good. Uh, it works really well for most people. And there's also uh, uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport, also really, really good. Uh, that one's more about focus, but uh, David Allen's book, really, really good. Highly recommend it. Excellent. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Have a good one. That is Brad Eon, who is an assistant professor and a time management researcher at the University of Quebec in Montreal. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.